we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The Voice by LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. This is Loud and Queer. Hello everyone, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. I'm Sammy, my pronouns are they, them, here with Liz. Hello, pronouns she, her, glad to be here. Here with... I'm Brooke Kaki, my pronouns are she, her, in a drag capacity, but I also accept he, him, out of drag. So yeah, Brooke, for anyone who's not familiar, um, how how would you want to intro your drag, um, if you want to at all? Oof, there's so much to fit in, in such a, a short succinct way you know a melbourne drag queen making her way around town um i love to perform i love to host i love the what i call back-end work that goes into drag like the preparation the wigs the makeup i love it all um and yeah all around fun time (laughs) yeah keep an eye out for her at the the drag expo coming up yeah we've got a drag expo uh hosted here in melbourne but it's an australia-wide event that's on next weekend i'm doing a lot of work in preparation for that at the moment um and yeah i'm super excited for it yeah nice well we're not gonna be talking about that today unfortunately but we can no. maybe later maybe later on shameless plug for though. sure we'll do it. <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about later on in the show um some miss around stonewall the uh, pink news did a great article where they interviewed uh mark siegel who's a stonewall vet kind of like dispelling myths and talking about how some people have try are trying to like remove trans women from the narrative and the history around Stonewall, which is uh, very ridiculous, obviously. We'll get into that later on, <laughs> but um, I thought it would be kind of just to get our, our heads into, you know, thinking about queer history to do a bit of a queer history quiz. So um, got the two of you, <laughs> if you're ready, head to head. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, oh, God. <laughs> This is going to illuminate how poor my history knowledge is. <laughs> I mean, we talk about history a lot on this show, but yeah, if, I mean, even myself, like if someone was like, pull up a specific date with like this event, I'm like, no. <laughs> but, oh, hell no. So yeah, definitely, you know, um, I don't think this is any kind of barometer how in the know of history you are. It's just, uh, yeah, getting a test and then like maybe introducing some of these events to our listeners or reminding them of them. All right, that's it. Liz, it's on. I'm very competitive. Mm. Okay. May the best woman oh, win. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So question one. Let's do this. Uh, this one should be easy given what we're going to be talking about later on in the show. But what is the name of the landmark event that happened in New York, 1969, that was the catalyst for the gay and civil rights movement as we consider it in the modern day? Send yeah. it. Yeah, all right, perfect. The Stonewall Riots, that's one one for one. It's neck and neck. <laughs> Question two, the first Pride Parade in the US took place in what year? Oh, is it closest one wins? Yeah, sure, I'll give a point to the closest person to keep it competitive. All it's right. purely just a guess. To, a guess. I, it's yeah, a guess. So all right, three, two, one. <laughs> All right, 1965 and 1969. Um, it was 1970. So 
That was my second guess. Oh, damn so close. Yeah, it was, um, you know, post-Stonewall, so kind of like, you know, ran off from um, the movements and the, mo- mm. the momentum that started there. So mm. having it at least... That, that was my thought yeah. process. I was thinking, being like, you know, if the riots were in 1969, maybe, like, it would took place a year later or maybe there was one earlier and, like, the Stonewall riots, like, were, like, you know, like, sort of, like, later on sort of helped enforce it. I couldn't remember. Yeah. No, fair enough. All right. So that is two points for Brooke and one point for Liz so far. All right. Question three. (laughs) Um, During the Second World War, the Nazis deported up to 15,000 gay men to concentration camps. Um, What symbol were they forced to wear to identify them as homosexual? Actually, I think I might know this one. This has come from a really far-fetched place in my brain. (laughs) Yeah. Liz, do you have an answer? Yeah, I've got my answer. All right. Three, two, one. Pink triangle, triangle. Yes, I'll I'll give that to both of you. Yeah, as the pink triangle symbol. Mm-hmm. Where did that? It was upside down, wasn't it? Yeah, like the point goes down. Yeah, mm. yeah. So what what memory did that, you mentioned like that kind of conjured for you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. This is so random, um, but I see an upside down triangle a lot come up in um, gay culture. There's a earring business um, that sells um, a lot of queer earrings. Um, in Melbourne and they sell earrings with an upside down triangle and then there's a few clubs as well like queer clubs that advertise using that yeah so I just was like maybe that's it yeah no, I didn't know it was pink though that's a it's a good one yeah it um obviously the symbol came from there but then was reappropriated by groups like ACT UP and stuff especially during um kind of the AIDS movement um mm. to yeah be kind of like a reclaimed signal for gay liberation and um, yeah, even the uh, Vic Pride Center had a um, exhibition recently where they had a bunch of pot- uh, posters up. And I don't know if you can see that. Probably not. Oh yeah, the just, pink triangle. Yeah, it's a poster for Gay Week Pride. Um, that would have been in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, so yeah, it's even been used locally here for about just as long. Really makes you rethink the state of Victoria's logo with the upside down triangle. You know, I don't know. Is it is it queer coded? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. No, I remember my um one of like my my the way I learned about it was um one of my friends Sam um he's a like a really big trans grunge artist like does a lot of really mm-hmm. cool grunge art uh, with lots of collages and everything and that was like the symbol that he used a lot in a lot of his artwork which you know makes sense and everything so it was really cool. Like he he taught he taught me a lot about that stuff, so it was really cool. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on with the quiz. For question four: The now familiar rainbow flag was first designed by Gilbert Baker in 1978. How many stripes did the flag first have, and how many does it have now? Got me answer. Nice. Okay. All right. Do you both have? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Send it through. One, two, three. Nine and twelve from book. Eight and six from Elizabeth. All right. Uh, Liz is correct there with eight and six. I would have given it to you if you said um, eight and twelve, Brooke, because the the progressive like pride flag. Yeah, does I was have going for the progressive 12. flag. Oh, true. It's either oh, it's either or. I was going to take either or six or twelve, but eight was the original um, number. Oh my god, yeah. I was thinking I was thinking violets in the current flag, and I know two were removed, so it's like seven up to nine is what we had, but it was pink and violet that got removed, right? Yeah. And do you know why they were removed? Uh, cost efficiency? Yeah, it was a manufacturing yeah. shortage yeah. in pink at the time. <laughs> I remember um, 
I was going, I was actually t- teaching my mom about this stuff last night because she's, I'll talk about the more of my froth and everything, but I, I had like the website up and I was going through a bunch of the flags and everything. And she was just like, why are these ones so similar? I'm just like, cost efficiency. <laughs> nice. She laughed pretty hard when I would like explain it. She's just like, oh, <laughs> what an efficient way of handling the problem. <laughs> so question five, what year did the World Health Organization remove homosexuality from the classification of diseases and related health problems? God, the fact it was on there, God. Yeah. <sighs> this is hard. I wish I could call in, I could call in gay to work. <laughs> but no. Um, I'm sorry, boss. I've got a case of the gay. <laughs> It's a big win. See, because ha- I'm going to be guessing with this, but I don't know if I want to be like optimistic about like. I'm going to be. You go optimistic. I'll go pessimistic. Yeah, I was going to. No. I, I don't want to be more optimistic or I'm really cynical about this. Do you go an answer in? Okay. Yeah, I've got an answer. Yeah, All I've right. got my answer. Send it through. It's 1975, 2001. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was 1990. Who's closer? Oh, I can't do still, that. You're closer. You're probably yeah. closer. That's kind of perfectly yeah. in the middle, though. Yeah. So the, the 70s was an interesting guess, though, because um, the Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatry Federal Council was the first to declare homosexu- homosexuality was not an illness in 1973. And the US oh. followed. I think that was like October. And then the US did the same in December. So it's like different... Um, like councils around the world were already for a long time had already kind of denounced this, but it was like officially declared by the uh, WHO in 1990. So the, the mid 70s, yeah, it was around when people started realizing like, hey, that's not true. That's kind of just fucked up what we have (laughs) come to agree on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, we'll give that one to Brooke, I guess. Actually, sorry, quick maths. I think Liz is closer with 1975. So, this is, um, bestie, I got you. Oh, my hero. 15 to 11? <laughs> 15 to... S- no, right. 16? You're so right. No. It is 11. Oh, my God. I'm so bad at math. <laughs> it takes a special breed to become a drag queen. You have to be borderline illiterate. So. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give no one the point just to keep it, like, close. Because now you're... Equality for all. No one gets it. Well, now you're both on three, correct? So... Nice. We'll call it's that neck and neck there. again. Um, but I was going to say as well that's uh, Idaho International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia, Transphobia um, mm-hmm. was st- like started to commemorate that day. Um, so yeah, that's an, if if anyone springs that on you in the future, just think Idaho. The next question: uh, the word lesbian is derived from the home of which Greek poet? Going ancient history for this one. Oh, I know the name of the island, but. <laughs> we need I know it's so random. I know. Yeah. Give you give you half a point if you name the island as well. I know. Uh, I know the island too. I'm just trying to think of the ancient Greek prof. Uh, what do you say? Poet. Ancient Greek poet. Poet. Okay. <laughs> I think I have my answer. I only have the island. I can't think of a. I'll take the half point. I can't think of a. The only, the only, I only know very specific ancient Greek poets and philosophers, and I know they definitely wouldn't. Have, I know it wouldn't thing. be. I them. only know one poet. I know plenty Just of one. philosophers or whatever, but I only know one ancient Greek poet. Yeah. All right. We'll see. You know what? I'll just put the poet that I know too. Yeah. I, I know well. this is a very, very clear, incorrect 
yes, it's so obviously wrong. But it's, I'm keen to see it. All right, three, two, one. Send them through. Yes, <laughs> we got the same answer. <laughs> because he's a homosexual. <laughs> well, that was my thinking. It was uh, Sappho was the correct answer. Oh, oh, oh. Sappho. Yeah, maybe oh. the most famous lesbian. <laughs> Um, that that makes sense. <laughs> How did we miss it? <laughs> all right, half points for everyone. We're just too good. We're, we're that great. Too good. Number seven, Larry Kramer founded which AIDS activist group that is also associated with reclaiming the pink triangle as a queer liberation symbol? I did give this answer earlier yeah. in the recording. Oh, so. no, I can't remember. That's the other thing. problem with me. I've got a bad memory. I, I think I have it, but I also might have misheard you. All right. I don't have an answer. I don't have one. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, I the lead. We'll see. I can give you some <laughs> some hints. They're like probably think of like the most famous like AIDS activist group. Um, they've been in a lot of like pop culture like Pose. All right. Did you want to take a guess or? This is wrong, but I can't remember. Either way, let's go. This is right. wrong, but I'll see those answers. Act Out, AIDS United. Oh, both close. It was Act Up. Oh, was I the knew I was heard Act Up. Right. Yeah. So pretty close. But yeah, so Act Up is probably, um, they're probably like most associated with the, the like reclaiming the pink triangle symbol. And like people, like I, I think of Act Up straight away when I see that. And mm. um, yeah, if you, listeners, if you've uh, gone to the like NGV Queer Expo, there's a lot of, um, stuff from ACT UP there as well, from their uh, protests and actions. But yeah, speaking of, um, leading into the next question, an iconic protest action was loosely recreated in season two of Pose. Uh, in real life though, it was the first action of the treatment action gorillas, which began as a group within ACT UP that then kind of like splintered off. Mm -hmm. And in September of 1991, they wrapped the house of Senator Jesse Helms in a giant what? I don't know the word for for it but they it was a conservative um senator who was like infamous for campaigning against federal spending on hiv re research treatment and prevention and they wrapped his house in something i think i've seen the scene okay i i have to make a confession i haven't seen season two of Pose, but i think i have seen this scene online yeah. but i don't know the word for the thing so i'm just gonna describe it is that okay yeah that's fine <laughs> i'm trying to think I'm gonna do the answer that I would do in that situation. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good approach to it. All right, do you both have an answer written in? Mm -hmm. All right, send them through. Pride flag, circus tent looking thing. <laughs> oh, incorrect. Unfortunately, it was a giant condom. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it was um a yeah it was a giant condom with this the slogan a condom to stop unsafe politics helms is deadlier than a virus and wow. i'll send a video for you two to watch later if you feel like Ooh, it but yes. it's a like super old um kind of video like a news report almost it's i think it's made by the tag like oh. the group that did the action um but there is this i'm just going to play it into the mic from my phone but there's this great interview quote from it as well basically say, you know, you mess with us and you're going to wake up one morning with a condom on your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they get. 
that's what you get. I love um, it. So that was a nil. What are the scores? The scores. It's still it's still uh, five and a half each, even. Ooh. Yeah. Neck and neck. So we got a few questions. So next one: um, Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson led which activist group? That's that's the whole question. Ooh, I know this one. Three, two, one. One. Star. Yeah, that is correct. Um, it was the Street Trans Action Revolutionaries. That's a cool name. That is a really cool name. Mm. All right. So for the next question, uh, Jerry Fowell was an American pastor who in 1999 claimed a children's show character was gay. It had a male voice, was a gay color, carried a red purse, and had a triangle antenna. Which character and oh. show was this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-oh. I don't know which one it is. Um, <laughs> I, I hate how I immediately knew the second you said triangle and red bag, I just knew <laughs> yeah. immediately. Oh, no, I th- I'm going to change my answer to the other one. I don't see. I don't know which one is which name. Yeah, true. That's a, I mean? that's a trip up for sure. True. Well, you get you get half a point if you guess the show still. Okay. Okay. Dipsy Teletubbies, Tinky Winky Teletubbies. It was Tinky Winky. So. Oh, that was my first answer. Mm. The, the only reason I remember that is because of how much I loved the show as a kid. And we'd always do that thing, you know, when you're younger, where you'd associate like certain characters with different people. Like I was all like, my youngest sister was associated with Poe. I was always Lala. My mum was Dixie and my dad was Tinky Winky. <laughs> what colour was Tinky Winky? Purple. Purple. Okay. Mm. I see. There's um, also, there was a old um, news like rebroadcast talking about it. And there's this great, interview um they interviewed like a british man who was living in the u.s about it (laughs) they were accused of dumbing down the children in england and here in the u.s they say tinky winky's gay well i think it's probably not the children who are dumbed down then (laughs) (laughs) no american people all right so that's put the quiz to finish it off with um brooke ahead by a half because you guessed Teletubbies like show correctly and got the last answer correct as well. I didn't get the last answer correct. The, the star one. Oh, the yeah, star. So you got oh, that yes. correct. So and true, then you got so a half true. point for guessing the show. Ooh. Okay. So this could be make or break. All right. These are some um, like so-called Australia Pacific ones now. So in 1975, Ooh. which state in so-called Australia was the first to decriminalize homosexuality? Okay. The question mark on the end of my answer is because I cannot, I'm not entirely sure, but I think this is right. I don't know either. South Australia, Victoria. It was South Australia. Yes. Yes. I can see defeat. (laughs) (laughs) Good on South Australia. Yeah. First to decrim homosexuality, still yet to decrim uh, sex work, but you know, okay. (laughs) At one point in time, they were the progressive state. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Brooke ahead by two points now. So, it's, yes. um, but we'll finish off the last question um, okay. anyway. But yeah, there's no coming backwards. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm gone. I've lost. <laughs> I, I accept my defeat. All right. Last question. What year was the first Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras parade? Oh, this one's a guess for me. Same here. 
there's a hint um the group known for like being there are named after the year drag queens no <laughs> um the group are you talking about the organizers yeah like it's like um like people from the first Mardi Gras are known as the something girls which is just the the year you both have an answer yeah all right send them through 1980, 1996. It was 1978. Oh, okay. Yeah, the 78ers. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, neither did I. That's cool. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Our aunts are so pessimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was um, not obviously like the official parade that we have now. It's like Mardi Gras is very officialized. But uh, at that point, it was still, you know, they were... um, being harassed by police for like holding it and yeah it was it's not the Mardi Gras we we knew today but there is um lots of interviews with 78ers around their experiences that you can definitely find around that is the that is the quick history quiz that didn't end up being very quick <laughs> so <laughs> um and Brooke it looks like you are the elite queer historian here today yes and the crowd goes wild <laughs> but uh, yeah again these questions were all around like specific dates and terms which I feel like as long as you've like researched and you know reflected on and understand like the history in a general sense that kind of like specific stuff is really just people use that to trip you up yeah. <laughs> like I don't think there's much value in knowing that if that makes yeah. sense but you know what I learned something I learned several things yeah yeah that's the, that was the goal all right well thanks so much for joining us and you know what if you were playing if you were playing at home guys to let us know yeah let us know what you got out of 12 um or just that you if you learned something from any of those questions let us know at sin loud hello everyone you're listening to loud and queer on sin i'm sammy pronouns they them here with Rokaki, pronouns she her in a drag capacity and he him outside fantastic and uh liz has had to head off but we're going to be kind of um talking about a article that was by pink news mentioned it earlier in the show um but it was patrick keeler interviewing mark siegel who is a stonewall veteran and um they kind of talk about some of the belittling myths around stonewall as well as just like mark's experiences there and it's pretty interesting um yeah i guess before we jump into it, Brooke, um, we just t- talked about Stonewall briefly in the quiz that we did, but uh, I guess kind of like going uh, into this article, what was your kind of understanding of Stonewall in a general sense? Um, look, I- I'd heard all of the m- myths and things that they go on to talk about in the article beforehand, and I had no reason to sort of um, doubt a lot of those. A lot of them are like pretty well perpetuated in queer culture and I mean everyone knows about Stonewall and everyone has their own you know little tidbit about the night like you know um so and so was there or this happened or whatever so yeah. you know my my understanding of it was um you know pretty base level and after the article I've since realized that a lot of that was just sort of uh, rumors and things that have come about from this you know decades long game of telephone that uh, queer people have been playing passing this knowledge from one to the other so yeah it definitely opened my eyes a little yeah and like I can definitely see how some of the less harmful rumors kind of just started because it's like at that moment no one knew it was going to be like the catalyst for 
like modern gay liberation. Yeah. It was just like a night like any other that like went was particularly hectic with the like I guess content warning as well for this discussion um talking about uh excessive police force and harassment but yeah they were particularly excessive that night which kind of kicked things off um so yeah it's not like anyone was there keeping note you know making sure like oh this you know we need to all we're all gonna be talking about this decades on so we need to know exactly how things went down Mm. um but yeah, I guess to talk on some of the less kind of egregious ones that I can kind of understand how they came about was um, starting with the Judy Garland uh, one where it's like some people say that it was like because it was around the same time as Judy Garland's um, like passing away that that was one of the instigators. People were kind of like in a grieving mood and kind of ready to riot over it. Yeah, look, I can I can see how that would be sort of passed down through the years because it like it does. They were on the same night, Judy Garland's funeral and the Stonewall riot, or at least the initial um, start of it. Because obviously the riot went on for a little while. There was protests for the following week thereafter. But the fact that the first night was you know, the night of her funeral, I, I can very clearly see, right, how that would sort of, because she was such a, a queer icon, you know, it, it makes sense that that sort of could go so long being unchecked. But I don't know, the fact that that was cited as, as one of the reasons or the, the primary reason even for the Stonewall riots is just absurd, you know? Yeah, I couldn't, I can't remember the the season, um, but I think even on Drag Race, like they did, something oh. where like RuPaul summarizes Stonewall and like <laughs> she leans hard into the Judy Garland. I actually, do you know, I actually watched that just before because I was reading up on it and I, I watched it. It's All Stars 4 and and I just think it's so ridiculous. RuPaul literally sits there in front of everyone and she was like, oh, it was 50 because it was the 50th anniversary, just like 50 years ago everyone's you know favorite woman Judy Garland died and because of that Stonewall and some of the queens like as she was talking about it some of the queens were like what I didn't know that was a car and they went on they just went and and she explained that because you know everyone um was so miffed that (laughs) Judy Garland cocked it they just decided to riot against the police and then anyways let's do a makeover challenge like (laughs) Oh my god, it was just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but um, Mark Siegel in the interview in the article, I think contextualizes it really well. That like, um, the you know for like a lot of the people actually at the st- like patrons of the Stonewall Inn, they were like younger queer people, and Judy Garland didn't mean anything to them. Like, yeah, she wasn't their icon. Yeah, you know? it was already like well into kind of the you know early disco kind of post-soul era where like in terms of like music and icons and Judy Garland was very much like an older gay yeah icon I guess the modern day equivalent is like gays that love Britney versus gays that love Ariana Grande nowadays you know what I mean yeah like... yeah it's, it's very different the I mean the brick throwing is another one that Mark kind of talks about that there was no bricks it was kind of like whatever people had on them like pennies and like cans on the street yeah, um, I know. That doesn't even make sense. Like, what club do you go to nowadays? And, like, there's just bricks. Bricks lying around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know um, in with the, the recent, like, protests in Hong Kong, mm. um, there it was actually, like, kind of 
um, people assumed like where people had organized like um, protests or like congregation points, there was like bricks laying around, and people kind of started came to assume that it was the police who was laying bricks planting down them. to in, yeah planting them to incite it, so then then they could like disperse the crowd and take it down and it would look That's a lot so less dangerous yeah so what people started doing instead is building little structures on the road with the bricks so that it was like harder for vehicles to get through <laughs> well that backfired yeah anyway that's not <laughs> to do with uh, stonewall at all though <laughs> um but yeah it's i mean i feel like though like definitely not on that first night but at some point someone probably threw something like Hefty. Paramount to it, yeah. Paramount to a brick at least. Yeah, yeah. Probably like a like a metal rubbish bin or something like that would have been thrown, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I guess the the point that Mark was making was that like people would talk about like oh who threw the first brick at Stonewall being this big point, and it's like well it like bricks had nothing to do with like the inciting of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I have you ever seen the um? I haven't seen it, but there's like a f- film called Stonewall that came out in the early like 2010s i want to say no i don't think i have um it's really i've just seen the the actual like scene of like the beginning of the riots um which definitely watch it later it's very funny it's um wait did they recreate it or is it an actual yeah but it's it's a it's like a um yeah like recreation kind of biopic ish movie Mm -hmm. but um it's that's just the way it's um portrayed is like a bunch of very like heteronormative looking like like white gay men standing with like looking real angsty and then like throw a brick at a window oh <laughs> no. Like, no no <laughs> so revisionist but like when you think about and i think um i think they touched on it in the article mark was talking about that the fact that like you know the the straight acting you know white gays with good paying jobs they did not stick around when the police came in it was the people like with nothing to lose that would have yeah. stuck around and and that's such a I guess, reductive retelling of the story that, you know, white people came to the save the day uh, when in fact, you know, it was all those trans um, figures who had nothing to lose. So they obviously gave it their all. Yeah, which I guess leads pretty well into like a lot of the article Mark's talking about um, the kind of, uh, yeah, exclusion of like trans people from that narrative and guess like queer history in general a lot of the time um which yeah like you just said perfectly like it doesn't make sense but yeah I, do you have any other closing comments on this i guess um maybe i don't really have any comments per se but maybe some advice to any listeners is definitely listen to the stories of your older generation of gays because they whether or not they were at Stonewall, which, you know, here in, in now or so-called Australia, more broadly, obviously they, they weren't. But, you know, that doesn't mean that there haven't been events in the past here, like the Tasty Raid or whatever here in Nam that tell a story. And you need to listen to them and pay them that respect because they have been through some shit. Like, to, just for you to go out in your, like, you know, crop top and skinny jeans or whatever, they paved the way. So listen up. Yeah, I think that's a great, great closing point. And um, we have the uh, Australian Queer Archives here as well, the Vic Pride Centre, lots of places where you can learn some of the local history as mm. well, um, which is pretty interesting. Like it always, um, I definitely think Stonewall is still pretty like crucial to 
our own history here just because it like was such Absolutely. a like monumental moment but and but it's really interesting to like look through the stuff the queer archives has and see kind of how some of that kind of like imagery or ideas were kind of localized uh, i'm sammy here with brooke you're listening to loud and queer on sin and uh thanks so much for joining us for most of this show as a bit of a guest host thank you so much for having me sammy no worries so yeah, where can people keep up with you and uh, keen to have a chat about anything that you've got coming up? I like that you use that phrase in keep up with me because it's hard to sometimes. <laughs> I'm running around here, there and everywhere. Um, but you can find me pretty regularly on Smith Street. I mean, what a queer hub. Um, I love a brunch. I'm a brunch gal. So I host a brunch uh, at this new place that's taking off Lantern Lounge or UV Queer. Um, I love a brunch. I've got one in the city as well uh, every second Sunday. Uh, but I'm currently looking forward to going to Drag Expo, which is um, on the 5th to the 7th of uh, August, so next weekend. Um, I'll be there all weekend, um, sashaying around, you know, feeling like a queen. And um, I'm also online. I'm on Instagram. Um, my handle is uh, Brooke underscore Kaki. Um, if you see what you like, give it a follow because I like attention. So, <laughs> got some great like YouTube content as well. Oh, I wouldn't point them in that direction, Sammy. There's some great YouTube right. content, but there's also some like pretty shaky <laughs> videos of me performing. <laughs> there was one. <laughs> there's this one video. Um, I, I won't give you any more details than this. I took my wig off intentionally because I was wearing a wig cap underneath, but I didn't know the words to the song and it was so obvious and they did me so dirty putting that up on YouTube forever. <laughs> oh. oh no. I was thinking more specifically the like performances you did for like smash and re-upload yeah and stuff. so true not, not so much the the ones uploaded uh, by other people yeah you know what if you're <laughs> yeah. gonna go on youtube and you're wanting to see something make sure it's uploaded by me because if there's anything yes. that i'm in uploaded by someone else chances are i didn't upload it for a reason <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give one last uh, message to the listeners is um have fun and be safe be yourself love Fantastic. yourself yeah definitely love yourself be yourself You've been listening to Loud and Queer, and uh, that's about all we have for today. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.